And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, friends, back to another edition of the Gridiron Graduates. Another fine week here. Your boy Bill Rossetti joining you with my man Ian Wharton. Ian, what's going on, brother? Not too much, man. Just uh, this podcast is definitely we're recording at a good time. As today, I've been working on uh, an article, power ranking the NFL's uh, uh, most dominant pass rushing duos. So I think this will be a good timing to for today as we as we get into things. We're gonna be talking a little bit 2015 draft or 2016 draft. I'm sorry, and uh, talking about some of the edge guys at this extremely early onset. So pretty excited. Absolutely. Like Ian said, today we're going to uh, dip into the college ranks a little bit because it's certainly never too early to talk NFL draft. We're going to talk some of the top uh, defensive linemen, edge rushers, what have you, entering the 2016 draft. And certainly at an at first look, this is a pretty good class, I think, as far as edge rushers go. Last year was pretty good, you know, with Vic Beasley, Bud Dupree, guys like that. But some of the names and some of the some of the players we have uh, eligible for this year's draft certainly look like they're going to be top players and definitely could be high picks. And the first guy we're going to talk about very very well could be a high pick and a guy I watched a little bit really came away impressed, and that's Joey Bosa of Ohio State. Um, one of the dominant players on what should be a dominant team at Ohio State. What were your thoughts on uh, Joey Bosa? And I know you have uh, an early list of some of the edge rushers, and Bosa is actually number one on your list. Yeah, so I mean, I've got I've got the privilege of uh, watching all of his snaps. Obviously, as, as an Ohio State fan, I I watch all their games, and and so for me, Bosa, you know, he's not. He's not like the same type of player that Jadavian Clowney was, and I just mean that stylistically. I don't mean that talent-wise. He is uh, a very powerful athlete. Um, he's got good speed. He's got great moves. You know, he's got he definitely has the rip move, the swim. He's got those down pat. He can turn speed into power um, and drop his hips and just explode through guys. He's great against the run. He's great against the pass. Um, he's not, but in terms of like pure pass rush freakiness, you know, I think he's a, I think he's a good athlete. I don't think he's an amazing athlete. I think he wins more with that brute strength, uh, more similar to like a Charles Johnson type than necessarily like a Cameron Wake type. So Cameron Wake is a guy that wins with, you know, his hips and his speed and, you know, he's got the power as well. He can, he can definitely win with power, but Bosa's a little bit more of that brute, and he's going to be a little bit more well-rounded. Maybe not necessarily like a 15 to 20 sack guy in the NFL. Um, I think he's going to be more of the 10 sack a year type player uh, that also does a great job against the run. I think that's going to be more of his value as opposed to standing up in a 3-4 alignment or necessarily even being a 4-3 defensive end. I, I'm not really sure if I love him uh, for, for every scheme. I, I think he can definitely win as a 4-3 defensive end, but I think maybe as like a 5 technique and a 3-4 with his hand in the dirt, 
I think that might be where he's most capable of really being disruptive, almost like a like a Fletcher Cox type mm-hmm. of player. Um, I think that would be a good uh, a good comp- uh, comparable player to him. Cox has really really improved his his game and effectiveness. Um, he's he's definitely interesting. It's going to be interesting though to kind of see and 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 break him down because he's a little bit of a tough comparison, I think for as dominant as he is. And, and I like the Fletcher Cox, uh, comparison and you're right. Cox from, you know, coming in as a four, three player, four, three D tackle and now having to move to three, four end. And he, he's really filled that role very well. And, you know, those that know me know I'm an Eagle fan. So, or grew up with the Eagles, so Cox is definitely a guy I enjoy watching, and Bose is similar too. You know, watching him, I was, I, I really liked what I saw. I, I liked the speed, I liked his hand use, his pass rush. So, uh, he, he's certainly going to be an anchor, and it, he's going to make this Ohio State defense really fun to watch. Um, and, and it'll be int- it'll be interesting to see as, as this uh, season goes on. Uh, it, an int- a player I'd, I'd want to talk about too that uh, is going to be a really intriguing watch is actually Bosa's former teammate Noah Spence uh, Noah Spence after getting to catch him a little bit or kind of catch up on him really fast athlete I was really taken aback by how fast he is getting off the ball and it, just the speed and the agility he has. Another good athlete, real good pass rush. You know that that upfield burst, really impressive. But the question, the question mark, of course, is his last game film comes in 2013. Yeah. Because of course, he was suspended initially the first three games of 2014. Then was well, he was suspended after the Big Ten Championship game in 2013 for the first three games of the season, and then he got suspended indefinitely, appealed that, was deemed permanently ineligible by the Big Ten. Now he has transferred to Eastern Kentucky, and uh, after researching him a little bit, you find that he was back in the news for... uh, I think it was public drunkenness or intoxication, yeah. something like that. So yep. he is quite a guy that's, that's going to be fun to watch. Now, the, the average person may not get to see him much this year because Eastern Kentucky isn't exactly a team that's going to get a lot of national exposure. But it, it's going to be really fun to watch, uh, especially after the season, this whole draft process. He obviously is going to have great film, but it's a matter of, okay, all the red flags he has in the past. When's a good time to take him? You know, when do you take that risk? Does the reward outweigh the outweigh the risk? Excuse me. Right. So. And and for for us, I think that that's that's something that I like to keep in mind. Um, But when I'm doing grades and, and such like that. I, I really don't factor in personality too much because right. from from my perspective, it's like, you know, unless if you're talking to people that really know, and, and most of us aren't, I mean, you can talk to agents and, and I talk to agents 
and you get a feel for some stuff, but ultimately I didn't meet this guy. I didn't spend time with him. So I'm not going to sit there and, you know, really judge his personality and who he is. It's not, that's not right to do. Um, but teams are going to have to be comfortable with that. I mean, we saw with Randy Gregory, there were questions, a lot of questions about him. And even just beyond like the weed thing, there were questions about his football intelligence, his intelligence in general, his commitment to the game. And he dropped. And that was a top five player on most people's boards, I think. And he went into the second round. And I think Spence is a guy, he's he's going to probably drop farther than that um, just because he's he's really been in some some stuff. So, you know, and he continues to make those those mistakes that he, he can't afford to make. So, you know, on the field, I agree with you. I mean, he's a tremendous talent. I've got him as a top four edge player on my way too early list of guys that I'll be watching. Um, you know, shortly just remember after- to everyone listening that obviously the guys you talk about and the way you rank them are easily going to change. Yeah. Maybe for sure. within the next two months, but even before the season yeah. starts, the more we kind of watch film on them, the more, more exposure we get to them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because really for Spence, honestly, no matter what he does at Eastern Kentucky, like, I'm still going to go back to 2013 with with what he did with Ohio State because mm-hmm. there's not much he, honestly there's not much he can show me there. It's just a level of competition is just so poor, and especially for a player like that. Like when mm-hmm. Khalil Mack played Ohio State, like there were people actually saying that that was just a fluke, and it's like you have to watch those big games. Like you have to watch top competition games and. And I think those games need to be need to have a premium on them because Absolutely. if you've got a guy and Max a good example where his college film was really good, but that Ohio State game was probably the best game I've ever seen from a prospect. Like it was just it was unbelievable, and he's doing that weekly in the NFL now. Mm-hmm. Like that he's the same guy. But there were people trying to discredit Mac because he wasn't always playing like that. He wasn't always that effective. And I think that a guy like Spence, even if he has five sacks a week for Eastern Kentucky, if he's not playing anybody, then, you know, what's the value in that? If he's playing a guy that, that just came out of high school and he was, you know, a nobody and he's going to be, and he's not going to make the NFL, which is, most likely 99% of his schedule, then, you know, it's, it's just really difficult to gauge what you're actually getting from that. So he's a really tough eval, but I mean, he's hard not to love just from on field, you know, talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you know, like you mentioned, it's a big drop off in talent from the big 10 to the, actually, I'm not, I'm not even sure what conference Eastern Kentucky plays in then football. I was going to, I was ready to say Ohio Valley, but I know some conferences are different between football and basketball. I'm just thinking, you know, the bracketologist in me that knows all 32 conferences in basketball. But the, when it comes to one double A in football, it could, it could be a little different. But again, they are uh, they are Ohio Valley. Okay, there you go Ohio Valley Conference yeah. in football. So there you go. Like you said, it's going to be really interesting to watch just because he's clearly going to be more talented than... He's probably going to be the most talented player on the field 
every single week and almost every game he plays this season just because of where he came from and where he's at now. Um, I lost my... Yeah, just I looking at my trace schedule. It's somewhere I wanted to go with this, and I lost it. Sorry. No, you're good. Real quick, just uh, I just peeked at their schedule. They have two big games against uh, Division One teams. NC State, second week of the year, and Kentucky in the fifth week of the year. So, I mean, those are, those are the games. That's it. Those will be the games to watch. Yep. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not going to watch any other game no. that they play. Yeah. I, I just, I don't care. It's pointless um, to watch him against teams like Murray state or right. Belmont or whoever, whoever even else is in that conference. Yeah. Um, but what I so, did want to say, uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to no, 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 go ahead. No, you're good. I, I remember what I want. I think, too many people are starting to discount the level of competition. Now, now I'm not saying like you know, like like yeah, the point. I think the point stands of Spence. It's he's going to be a tough eval this year because of he's going to be immensely more talented than everybody else. But you mentioned Khalil Mack and how people were probably discounting him, kind of because of where he played at Buffalo. Well. Level level of competition shouldn't be the be all end all of a player, you know, player stock. What he, what he can do, what he can't do. You know, I, I go back to 2013. The number one pick in the draft came out of the MAC. Yeah. You know, when do you ever see a team or a player from a school like Central Michigan be picked that high, let alone number one overall? So. It's just a matter of just watch the player. Yeah. Watch the player, see what he can do. Identify traits. Ex- exactly. Just, yep. just find what he can do well and what can translate to the next level. Uh, again, I'm not saying completely disregard the level of competition. Like, yeah, a player in the SEC is obviously facing better competition than someone, even in, say, like, the American Athletic, because, you know, that, that's a conference that's really dropped off in talent because they've lost their, we'll say, BCS status. They don't have that automatic bid, but, you know, t- kind of take it with a grain of salt. Still look at the player with an objective eye and just as an individual. Like, yeah, look around him to see how he's getting help, but just look at the player, what he's up against, what he can do, and really come away with that. I mean, because obviously you're going to see he's going to be at a different talent level when when he gets to the NFL. Uh, and, and like you said, you know, the bigger games are the, are the key games to watch. Like Khalil Mack's best game was against Ohio State. So that, that really opened up a lot of people's eyes and said, wow, this kid can really play. And you know, it, it's, that's what led Oakland to take them with such a high pick, and it's been a home run for them so far. Yeah, definitely. So there's kind of a look uh, at the Big Ten, so kind of half and half, one player that's still in the Big Ten, one player that was in the Big Ten. I want to talk about a player in the Big 12, a guy I got a Caught a bit of a glimpse of 
and another player that I came away really impressed with, with his pass rushing ability, his speed, you know, all that stuff that definitely makes a good off or excuse me, good uh, defensive end, and that was Emmanuel Agba of Oklahoma State. I watched him a little bit against Florida State, and again, this goes back to your point, Ian, of watching him against good competition or watching a player against good competition. Florida State had one of the best offensive lines in college football last season with almost all seniors. And obviously with Jameis Winston and all the talent they had coming back uh, from a championship year, they were the number one over, number one ranked team. And Agba was just impressive for them. Uh, and looking at your list, you have him number three on your early edge rushers list. What do you like about Agba? Yeah, he's an interesting guy. So he's not he's not very experienced. Um, I would probably even drop him maybe a couple spots um, from from my original tweet. And, and it's funny that you mentioned earlier that you know that this stuff's going to change even over summer. I, I would probably even drop Agba just a little bit more. You're changing now him seen... right now on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I I saw a little bit more of Agba, so I saw two games of him. Um, when I originally sent out that tweet, it, it must have been over a month, almost a month ago. Um, and so, you know, for me, Agba, he has these flash plays. And he has these flash plays where he shows really good speed. He's not, I don't think he's a great athlete. I don't think he's someone that's a dominant player off the edge. Um, and I'm not really in love with this edge class because of that. Like, I don't think there's a ton of guys that are, are just these physical freaks. And that's really what's required for edge players. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has these plays that make you say, okay, if this guy with more experience can do this more often, then this could be a player. And I definitely feel that way about Agba. And so that's why I had him. I would still probably have him top five entering the season because I like that upside. Like there's not, I don't think there's upside to be a great player, but I think there's upside to be a good player a player that's capable of starting in the NFL. His big issue for me is against the run. I don't see consistency all the time. Um, I didn't watch his game against Florida State until later, but I did see him against West Virginia, and I also saw him... uh, I also saw him, I believe it was TCU, I want to say, off-cuff when I was researching TCU guys. Um, but but really, the West Virginia game is the one that really stands out to me um, because I, I for sure watched just that game just for him. And there were just long stretches of the game where he didn't do anything or he wasn't in proper position. So and and again, like I said, he, he hasn't played much football. So, you know, that stuff's going to happen. And that's why this season is, is really crucial for him because he's gotten a lot of hype. So he's just one of those guys that you want to keep an eye on. I wouldn't have him in the first round mix right now, but that can easily change if he ends up becoming more polished with his with all of his moves. I mean, he needs to be able to set the edge well, and he also needs to be consistent in getting into the backfield and finishing plays. And I'm just kind of checking him out a little bit right now, actually. I'm just kind of running the tape against Texas Tech. And... I, I could see some of the points that you're making as far as the flash plays. Um, but again, like you said, uh, he has he has a whole season to improve his stock, 
th things can change really in an instant. So, but early on, I, th I think I'm con I'm coming away pretty impressed with Ogba. So, I'll, I'll certainly be checking out some Oklahoma State games to see if that uh, that kind of love will continue. Uh, and going on, and I just want to I just want to get your thoughts on a few other players that that you had on your list. You guys had guys like uh, well, actually, we'll give you, we kind of skipped over your number two guy just because I wanted to get in Spence and talk about Ogba, but your number two guy on this list you had, and like, like you said, you mentioned the caveat this. This list was a while ago, but uh, you had after Bosa DeForest Buckner of Oregon, who I got a chance to watch a little bit against Ohio State in the championship game. Definitely a solid looks looked like a solid three four end. You know, hold, seems like he's uh, holds his blocks well, defends the run well. You know. Obviously, when we're talking three, four ends, J.J. Watt is the, I guess we'll say catalyst yeah. of the of the three, four ends. Buckner's obviously not at that level, but he, he's a solid player at that position and can certainly continue to continue to improve. What was your take on Bu uh, Buckner so far? So I, I was I really like Buckner a lot. I I think he for me would have been the highest ranking. Uh, Oregon prospect last year, I would have had him over Mariota. Um, I just I saw a lot of him throughout the year, and you know I just think he can do it all. Like it was surprising to me that Eric Armstead got all this hype before the draft when it was actually I thought Buckner that was a much better pass rusher and I thought a much more consistent defender all in all. And so. You know, I think Buckner, he's, like you said, 3-4 defensive end. I think that's exactly where he needs to go because he's huge. I mean, he's like 6'7", 290 pounds or something. Yeah. Like, he's just he's a mammoth. Um, you can't really stand him up and do much with him there. It's just, just that's, great size for a 3-4 end. Right. So you want him as like a, a Calias Campbell type of player. Um, and and he just, he's, just, he's just so disruptive for his size. And I think that Campbell is the easy comparison because of his size, but really though his strength and he's so quick at times, like there are just these times when he's, he's in the backfield and he really does look like, like a blitzing linebacker or something he just, he gets in the backfield so effortlessly. I, I think he's got the type of potential to be a top 10 pick, um, and really be an impact player, um, and in a three, four defense because, those three, four defensive ends, it's hard to find disruptive defensive ends in a three, four. Like you've got JJ Watt, you've got Fletcher Cox, you've got Sheldon Richardson, obviously Jarrell Casey. Um, like I mentioned, Calias Campbell. And you know, after that, you're talking about some disruptive guys like Cameron Hayward had a good season last year. Um, Mike Daniels is a pretty good guy, pretty good player. Um, but there's not, there's not a lot of great guys. Like there's probably five. Four or five great yeah, defensive ends. It's typical, typically a position where you don't see superstars because three, four D ends normally are just there to take up space and yep. free up the linebackers. But 
So, yeah, I mean, if you can get, like, you know, the next Jarrell Casey in the top 10 of a draft, like, I don't think that you hesitate to do that. I think that you take that guy and you're just happy. Like, if you can get that type of production between 6 to 11 sacks, 30 or more quarterback hurries, you know, that's that's where the money's at for those type of players. That that puts you safely in the top 6 to 7 of the 3-4 ends that you know try to get up field and like i said I'm, i've been working all day on a project for this so you know i'm looking at these numbers all day i think he I, I definitely think he's that type of talent so i honestly i would be shocked if anybody but joey bosa and deforest buckner are atop this list that i've got right now and 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 that's that's what the caveat to that i don't really know what to classify a guy like sean oakman and I, i'd like to get your thoughts on that because i watch oakman and I don't really know where I'd play him. Do, do, I think probably a five tech and a three four. I think that's really his. I think that's where I'd put him. But I'm not really sure what to do with him. What would you do with a guy like that? Yeah, Oakman is uh, is really interesting. You know, I I'm not even sure myself. I'm not even sure myself what I would do with Oakman. I think. You know, he, he's obviously got the speed. He's obviously seems like a freak of an athlete, but I, I don't know. Do you play him 4-3-N? Do you stand him up? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I, I guess I just want to see him a little bit more, I guess, get more comfortable. Um, and thankfully we have that. You know, thankfully, it's funny because I, I see some – some people and you know so when i try to watch game i try to watch games i i, I like obviously the video cut-ups mm-hmm. the drafter breakdown provides and, and the guy on twitter college football dude um he's a he's huge on youtube he's got a ton of like obscure players that he cuts up does a great job on youtube and i love that the work that those guys do but ultimately you have to watch an entire game in my opinion because there's a lot of snaps in between that you're not seeing in a cut-up and the whole and situational football matters, and cutups don't provide you with that. So, for me, you know, a guy like Oakman, he needs this season, and he needs to be really good. And the NFL, you know, it came out the area scouts have a mid-round grade on him, and just from what I've seen, I would agree with that. He's he's a really good linear athlete. He's very explosive, but you know, you watch him and he's very stiff. And this is a player that needs the reps. The only way you're going to improve is by putting in the work on the field. Like you're not just, it's not, it's not Madden, you know, and, and I think that Madden has kind of spoiled fans in a way because we look at age and we look at, you know, natural progression and just more often than not, guys don't get incredibly better over time. It, it may happen, but more than likely, those guys are more of exceptions than the rule, I think. And mm-hmm. and, and Oakman's a guy that, that has a, a world of potential. But, you know, that's not going to get him anything in the NFL except for a high draft status and, and more time to possibly develop. But we've seen a lot of guys like that flake out. So luckily, we do have 2016, uh, the 2015 season, then entering 2016 to evaluate um, to kind of get a better feel for guys like that. All right. Uh, and just one quick note I wanted to mention going back to 
Buckner. Oregon at Michigan State is certainly going to be a fun game to watch. You know, now that Buckner is going to have a little bit more spotlight on him. And getting after a guy like Connor Cook is certainly a good way for him to get get his name out there, especially for a player, for a lot of people that don't know him quite yet. You know, obviously last year, talk about the Oregon defense, a lot of the focus was on Armstead. Now we could talk about Buckner, and like I said, that game at Michigan State is certainly going to be fun to watch. And obviously the Pac-12 in general is usually loaded with pretty good teams. Like Cal's probably going to have a good team. Stanford's always pretty good. USC. So just in that sense right there, it's it's going to be fun to watch. Uh and, like I said, quick, I'll go over some of the other names. Um, you also mentioned uh, the Rutgers kid, Teray. I'll take that as a, kind of like a sleeper pick. She didn't really have him high up there, but I guess kind of one of those under-the-radar guys that people need to keep an eye, f- keep an eye out for. Yeah, so his name's come out a couple times as NFL.com did a um, uh, did like a, a most explosive athlete list, and you know it's funny because I covered the Big Ten from off for Optimum Scouting last year, and I'm gonna be honest, like I I mean I watched Rutgers, but I didn't really notice Teray a whole lot, and I don't really know if it's just because you know I just didn't catch those plays that he made good plays on or, you know, if I just, in part of it is too for optimum. We just look at seniors until guys declare. And that's probably mm-hmm. part of it too, is like, I was just focusing on their linebackers um, and cornerback because those guys were draft eligible. Right. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see him develop. He's six, six, he's 250 pounds. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a force player for Justice Mosqueda's, um, you know, thing that he does. And mm-hmm. he's he's a really good athlete. Like, seeing a little bit more of him lately, he's a really good athlete. Like, I would put him in the top five just because he's almost – like, he's kind of like Randy Gregory, actually. Um, his technique isn't there yet. But, you know, again, hopefully this season, he's only a third-year sophomore. So that's where you hope that the natural improvement comes in. But I, I would definitely put Teray up there. And then my also sleeper guy, and he's not so much a sleeper that, you know, because SEC fans should know this guy, um, Auburn's Carl Lawson. He is a big-time player, but he got hurt last year, missed the entire season, and is now hopefully going to be back fully ready to go this year. So, if he is ready to go, I think I think Ture and Lawson are two guys that could really take this class and make it a good class. Like I said, I think there's two top ten ends available right now at, at this way too early juncture. Mm-hmm. I think those are two guys with the potential athletically and physically to take this into a really good class where you're starting to see, you know, three or four guys possibly mentioned in the top ten to fifteen picks. It's amazing, too, that we're sitting here actually talking about Rutgers players, too. It's not every day that Rutgers is actually in 
actually being talked about with a pretty bright light on them in the football world. <laughs> but I guess now that they're in the Big Ten, you know, good for them. They had a great season last year under the one, the only Gary Nova. And now here they are year two. And, uh, and then you mentioned Lawson at Auburn. A lot of hype, sounds like, surrounding Auburn this year. AP just released their bowl projections for uh, for the upcoming season, and they actually have Auburn in the championship game against the Ohio State University. Obviously, they lost Sammy Coates. Nick Marshall is now in the NFL as a defensive back, not a quarterback. But the talk is that they're they've actually improved the quarterback even with the departure of Nick Marshall. So yeah, Jeremy Johnson, like he didn't play much last year. He played for like a half a game or something. And I checked him out and I mean, he just he's electric. Like that ball comes out of his hands and it's it's really impressive to watch him throw the ball. Um you know, again, this at this point in the year, I like tools guys, I like upside guys. And I'm going to rank those guys guys fairly high. Um, until, you know, more comes out and I'm proven wrong. And, you know, he's a guy that can definitely be boom or bust, but I think, I think he's got real potential. I think he's, he's a potential NFL type player. Um, again, with that, that's with very limited snaps. I mean, I think, I think his cut up on YouTube is like three minutes long. So, I mean, you know, (laughs) I'm not saying he's a franchise quarterback, but I mean, I am saying that he is someone that definitely is going to be someone to watch this year. He's just, he's a special athlete. He's a special thrower. You don't see the ball come out of people's hands like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And just looking at his size, I mean, 6'5", 230 is... Yeah, and he probably runs like a 4'5", so I mean, and, he's and a great ideal. athlete. That's like a perfect world for a quarterback to have a guy that size with that kind of speed. So Auburn's definitely going to be fun to watch, and, you know, it should be inter- it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see what the rankings will be for preseason. You know, we just talked about Auburn. TCU is supposed to have a, another electric offense, maybe even better than they had last year with uh, Trayvon Boykin coming back and almost every starter feels like coming back. Yeah. But certainly all eyes will be on Ohio. Well, everyone will be looking up, I should say, at Ohio State for, for good reason. They are the defending champs. And they have a lot of talent coming back. We mentioned Bosa. We, we touched a bit last week on the three quarterbacks. Ezekiel Elliott is a real great running back. And that's something I, I wanted to mention, too. When I went in and watched, um, I think it was, was it Noah, was it Noah Spence I was watching? Or? No, it wouldn't be the same. I was watching one of the players. Oh, yeah, it was Buckner. That's right. I was watching Buckner against Ohio State and couldn't help but notice Ezekiel Elliott because, you know, some of the plays are Elliott breaking a big one. Boy, what a back. That's all I have to say right now is what an amazing back. But uh, they have a lot of talent coming back, as I mentioned. And, of course, Urban Meyer is a god amongst men when it comes to college football. So it should be interesting to watch. And it's 
closing in very fast. I mean, we're in the middle of June. We're in mini camps. It's getting close, Ian. I know. You feel it. <laughs> Definitely ready for it. You know, it's we're now at that time when, uh, you know, we don't have anything. <laughs> Football is non-existent here shortly for a month, like you yeah. said, and and uh, you know, basketball's over, which is is sad. You know, I like that, and I like the NBA draft too, but. Um, you know, we're about that 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 dead period, mm-hmm. and and honestly, this time of the year for the NFL, like I don't I don't really like it anyways because we see a lot of hype around guys, and I mean, guys aren't in pads, they're not they're not hitting each other. Like, I don't want to hear about these space players that need space to create because it's like those guys don't do well when they put the pads on because yeah. they don't they don't have space. Like, <laughs> you don't have a lot of space in the NFL, so um, that hole is gonna close quickly. And I think we kind of talked about this too. Like, this, this is definitely the time of year where there's so much hype because everybody looks good preseason. Oh, so and so is running amazing routes, and this player is just a great athlete and whatnot. Well, yeah, it's easy to say that when you can't touch anybody. You're right. going up against the scout team defense or scout team offense, so certainly take things now obviously don't completely dismiss it but let's see like you said let's see how they do when the pads come on let's let, let's see what happens come end of july early august and sh- should be fun so with that i think uh, that wraps up another fine episode i'd episode i'd say wouldn't you i believe so i think we uh <laughs> i think we did a good job of just kind of easing into the 2016 draft and and I know we've got some things planned obviously we're going to keep talking draft we're going to start to do some uh some divisional previews later this summer mm-hmm. talk about everyone's teams just a little bit and, and touch on them and I, I know we have some fantastic guests coming up next month uh later this month I should say and next month I think people are gonna be really happy so you know just stay tuned, and, and, and if you guys ever have any questions, send it to either of our Twitters, and we'll definitely get to questions as well. Absolutely. Yeah, like Ian said, we have some great guests coming on, including next week. Very excited to have this guy on. The one, the only, Matt Harmon, the man behind Reception Perception, will be joining the podcast. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be kind of a little bit of a battle between Matt and Ian. They'll kind of put their projects together. Matt will discuss his wide receivers. Ian will talk about corners a little bit. We'll, we'll match them up, and it's going to be a good time. So if, if you guys listening out there, if there are any players you want to see covered, or like Ian said, if you have any questions in general for us or any questions you want to ask Matt when he's on the show, feel free to send them in. And with that... We hope you enjoyed today's show, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Gridiron Graduates for Ian Wharton. I am Bill Rossetti. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Have a good night. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.